What do the leaders of top landscape companies do to retain key employees for 10 or even 20 plus years? Check out today's interview with Jake Harris from Jake's Designs, a multi-million dollar landscape design build company in Colorado about some of the leaders that inspired him in his life, including what did he learn from Mary Kay? Yes, the actual owner of the billion dollar organization, Mary Kay. And how did that end up impacting his life? Plus, Jake and I talk about what we've learned from coaching our kids' sports teams. And Jake shares his number one sales tip. And Jake is excellent at sales. I've worked with him for years. You don't want to miss this episode. Jack Joss is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide podcast, where we share sales, marketing, and leadership inspiration to help you grow your snow and landscape company. I'm going to share an amazing interview with one of my top clients. And before the interview, we, we talked about jerky. Jake makes jerky. I make jerky. And while I can't ship you some of the jerky I made, I do have some other really good beef jerky I'd love to send you in the mail along with my Landscapers Marketing Toolbox that has a field guide that's gonna help you figure out the top sales and marketing strategies to grow your landscape company. So grab yours at landscapersguide.com toolbox. See our show notes for a link. And now let's get into this interview with Jake Ergus. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Landscapers Guide podcast. Today, I'm excited to interview Jake Harris from Jake's Designs in Colorado Springs. Jake and I have been working together for over six years mm -hmm. as, as a client at Ramla Jackson. We just interviewed a really cool story about some of your results. And Jake, uh, thanks for coming to Lions. My pleasure. You're in the studio. Appreciate the uh, hospitality. So for people who haven't met you, tell us a little bit, what is Jake's Designs? You guys have been yeah. calling you guys been a business and what do you do? Sure. Um, so started Jake's Designs in 2000. Uh, May 2000, uh, fresh out of uh, college, went to, went to school at CSU, got a degree in landscape ar architecture up there. Um, and we've, yeah, we've been running in the college, greater Colorado Springs area ever since. Um, we're a residential uh, landscape design build company, um, and we focus on high-end residential landscaping and, you know, kind, kind of working around the buzzwords of uh, Xeriscape and outdoor living. Well, and so for people who aren't in the West... Well, I mean, water yeah. water is an issue everywhere sure. in the United States, but in some states, you don't really think about it. Like yeah. in Illinois, I didn't really think about it growing up, and then I moved here. Sure. What, what is xeriscaping? So xeriscaping, like Colorado is a semi-arid climate, climate, which is basically a high desert. Um, a lot of sand around here, a lot of... Uh, um, uh, a lot of drought, really. Um, we can go long periods of time without getting any, any precipitation. And once it does come down, it percolates through the sand, you know, very, very quickly. Um, so xeriscaping um, in, in a very short term is low water usage landscaping. Doesn't mean we're going to spread rock everywhere around your lot. Um, it's using uh, different materials that, that uh, can compare and contrast with one another um, and using uh, the right uh, plant material 
that once you get established, it uses a very, very low volume of water. Um, and probably one of the biggest deals about xeriscaping that most people don't understand is, is, is uh, soil conditioning. Um, so uh, we bring in a lot of different uh, composts and a lot of different things um, before we, we try to put any vegetation in the ground. What one of the things that you know that's interesting about Jake's designs is you guys only do design build construction, right? You so say you don't Correct. do any maintenance. You don't yeah, do we snow. don't. No, no. So no weed eaters, um, no mowers. Like during the season, we are going out and we are designing and installing landscapes, um, whether that be for new homes or renovation renovations on old homes. Um, so one thing we do to, to fill in the gaps in the winter time is we do push snow, um, but we totally switch gears to that. And we don't do any residential snow, and we only do commercial snow. So, so it's a very small, super small chunk yeah. of the pup. Right. Super small chunk of the puzzle. Um, still have a lot of hourly guys on staff. Um, and man, those guys still need to eat during the wintertime. So like we can't just shut down for like a week when we get a bad snowstorm and not have those guys get any paychecks. So that's that's the reason we picked up the snow. And so how long has that been the case? So you've had your business for almost 25 years? Yeah, going on 25 years next year. Yeah, so almost 25 years. And I've worked with you for a little over six. Mm-hmm. And that was the case. You kind of had that service makeup when we met. Has that always right. been the case? Or did you used to have a residential maintenance division that you closed? Yeah, so it was just never, was never in the maintenance thing. Um, was a lot of, like, we tried to stab at snow here and there. Um, we weren't very good at it. Um, honestly, what ended up happening is is a lot of people left during the winter time, so I wasn't able able to re retain, you know, a lot of the talent that that we had already developed, or they would go on attached unemployment, which wasn't good for them because it's only sixty percent of your paycheck, and it really wasn't good for me either because then that raised my unemployment insurance, and when right. you when you got like, uh, you know, right now a three quarter million dollar payroll every percent of that that you can retain by not playing unemployment insurance is, is that's a big deal. Well, so one of the things I learned over lunch was that you've had several people who some of them have worked with you for like over 20 years. So tell me a little yeah. bit about the people who are on your team that gotcha. have stayed with you for years. Yeah. So some of my big hitters, um, in, in the company, uh, you know, first and foremost, my construction manager, Matthew, um, him and I have been working shoulder to shoulder um, since 2001. Um, hired him on at like eight bucks an hour, and he was he was just out installing in the field. And he, him and I, really grew this company together. Um, and uh, you know he's he's up to a project or construction manager um, um, role right now, um, to where he oversees all three crews out in the field, make sure all the operations out in the field are going well. Um, so like he's the big hitter on there. Um, each one of my crews has a project manager attached to it. Um, I've got two project managers that have been with me ten plus years. Um, have a good handful of, of foremen that have been with me, uh, you know, five plus years, and then um, have two designers in, in office, one of which has been with me for 10 plus years now. Um, I've gotten to see her get married and, and produce three kids and, and do all those great life things in, in, the, in the time that she's, she's been working with us. Well, that's incredible that you've had all these people that have stayed with you for so long. Why, why do you think they stay? Um, what do you try to do, maybe? So, like, the number one thing in leadership is being authentic. 
Um, and you know, that's just, just putting your personality out there and, and, you know, riding with it and, and being proud of who you are and, and being authentic with people, um, being honest with people, like don't hide anything. If something's going well, let's let people know about it. If something's not going real well, well, we need to know about that too. Um, so at the end of the day, I think th that's the biggest thing of, you know, developing relationships developing relationships with people it's no different than than you know working with the, with the client sometimes like and obviously when you've been working with somebody for 20 plus years you've right. seen their kids grow up and you know the, the, you, you've seen my kids grow up and a few different things like that um and i think i think the biggest thing is is you know make it a family atmosphere um let's be honest a lot of a lot of these these uh people coming in at the lower levels of the green industry may have not had the best life um, you know, we've get, we get a lot of guys walk through our, through our door that, you know, may not have the best life, may not have the best parents, may not have the best leaders in their life. And like, first thing that we want to do is, is help develop you as a person. Um, and, and that's a big deal. And people just want to be heard. And, and I think some of the best qualities of a leader is knowing when to shut up and listen. Um, and you don't have to do the talking all the time. You don't have to be given the advice all the time. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Um, and, and take the time to, to hear people out. And, and if you want to give feedback, give feedback, but that means the world to people. Um, and finally, it, it's been a family first atmosphere since day one. Um, there's a lot of different family, uh, dynamics that go on. Um, whether it's a, a it's, it's a kid's, you know, sporting event or a kid's choir concert or whatever that looks like, or, you know, wife needs to, needs to, has an appointment that she can't get the kids to a certain spot at a certain time or whatever that looks like. Um, we support that and we work around that and, um, we know work's going to be there for a really, really long time. Um, but doggone it, kids grow up pretty dog, pretty quick and, and you, you got to cherish those moments and make the most out of those. Tell me a little bit about your own life. So you're, you're a football coach. Yeah. Um, You've got two boys. Tell us a little bit about that and how does that yeah. relate to how you lead the company? Yeah. So like, that's where it all comes from. Like, you know, I tell my, my employees to take time for, for their family and, and in turn, you know, I don't feel guilty at all about taking time for my family either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do have a, a 13 year old, 16 year old boy right now. Um, I've been coaching, uh, at the high, I've been coaching football at the high school level, um, for, uh, eight seasons now, past eight years. Um, and you know, I, I get buy-in from, from my, from the people that work for me. Um, one of the first things when I got offered that high school coaching job was like, I, I pulled in the main, the big hitters in my company. Some of the people that I just talked about. Um, and said, Hey, I don't want you guys sitting here, you know, toiling over and, and I'm just working for the man and he's out having fun. I need to have your guys' buy-in on this. Um, and if I don't have your buy-in on it, I'm not going to do it. Um, because that can tear a company down and, and tear it apart really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, so like at the end of the day, I made sure that, that they were all on board with it as well. And, you know, I think they've seen me become a better leader. Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned through coaching that I can translate to business. And there's a lot of things that I've learned in my business that I've been able to translate through coaching, um, giving me a little bit better, better, uh, uh leg up on, in, in both forms. One of the, you, you actually inspired me to become a coach. Did I really? Or, yeah, for real. I don't know. I haven't told you this. Actually, I did call you or I think maybe after I had taken it, but 
last year. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I have two boys. Yep. And one of them plays soccer, and or they were they were planning to join the team, and I think it was the U eight team. Yeah. And so we we get any we get some emails, and my wife forwarded them to me from the league, like, oh, we need a coach. Yeah. A coach, and I'm like, uh, you know. I was, I honestly wasn't the best soccer player, right. oh uh, but I did play on uh, through I think sophomore year. Yeah, and I started when I was five or six. Sure. Um, but then we got an email like, "Hey, if we don't have a coach, we're gonna have to close the team." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I just can't let that happen." And I thought partly about, um, you know, we've had you on the podcast before talking about coaching your team and finding a way to take the time away from your business to do that. Sure. So uh, I wanted to let you know on the show that that, that was That's awesome. something that, I don't know, it's funny how how people, the people that you have, your clients, your employees, the people that impact your life. Yeah. But um, one of the things that happened on the first day of coaching that was hilarious was this kid, within the first two minutes of the first day of practice, this kid comes up to me and says, hey, you're a dummy. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Like part of me was like, that's hilarious. Right. And then the other part of me is like, you cannot call. And I just basically said, look, I am your coach. Yep. You cannot call me (laughs) And that's that was my reaction. (laughs) That's perfect. Okay. Thanks. And then uh and then this kid was causing trouble. So I had to create I created the tree of reflection. Mm-hmm. where you had to run to this tree and reflect on what you did. And they thought that was hilarious. Absolutely. They thought that was hilarious. And so they ran there and they were laughing in the next practice. I said, look, the new tree is that one over there. And they were like, that's far yeah, away. That's far. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, so that was, that was a good experience. One of, one of the other things that came out of coaching that I recognized was, um, and I, I don't know what it's, it's probably different at the high school level. And obviously the kids are older, but mm-hmm. they were just wild at the first soccer game. The kids who were on the bench. Yeah. I was, cause I'm at this age, the coaches are also the volunteer referees so <laughs> yeah. trying to coach my team and ref. And these kids <laughs> are just going wild behind me. So oh, yeah. the next, eventually somebody brought a bench and I, I bought my own bench and I found that giving them a bench yeah. to sit on Solve the problem. It's not any different at high school. We have a get back guy on the sidelines. You can't be too close to the sidelines, right? We have a guy that's all he does is walk back up and down the sidelines. Get back, get back. He's our get back guy. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's hilarious that you still have to do that. Oh, yeah. I found with them is that the the rule is if you want to play, you need to sit in the order. I'm going to call people in starting at this side of the bench. So if you get up and kick someone's soccer ball, you're back. I'm gonna have the other kids move closer. You're gonna be at the back of the bench. Perfect. So that, that that's a somewhat self-regulating system. Are you gonna do it again this season? Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Yeah. So here's your biggest payoff from being a coach. Whenever you see you, you're gonna see some of these kids ten years down the road around town, and they're gonna say, "Hey, coach, it's the best thing in the world, man." Yeah. Like I've got kids coming. I got kids coming back that I've coached for, you know, eight years ago, and now they're coming back. And like I just ran into two of them at the local brewery, and I was like, "You can't be. You shouldn't be. I'm 23, coach. (laughs) Okay, then have have yourself a beer." That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, My wife. So your wife is a teacher. My wife was a public school teacher. Yeah. Um, 
prior to us having kids and I, we, re, her, you know, that was a while ago. Some of, some of the students that she had that were like seventh graders. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, you know, 23 or whatever that we see working places or out at a bar or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. They remember her. So I'm curious, who were some of the, who were some of the leaders that inspired you? Yeah. Well, who were some of the people who helped you become who you are? Yeah. I got two main ones um, that come to mind right off the top of my head. First one, super easy. My mom. Um, she, uh, had a 38 year career in Mary Kay cosmetics. Um, and you know, I, I saw her lead people since I was two years old. She started Mary Kay when I was one and a half. Um, and you know, went to sales meetings with her, um, you know, overheard her on, on the phone, um, talking to her people, um, you know, and, 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 you know, one thing she taught me is, is people want to be heard people want to be heard and and sometimes that's all you got to do is sit there and listen um another thing that she taught me um at a very high level is success um is not very sweet if you're alone um so she was really good at, at grabbing people along the way as she was climbing the ladder of success she grabbed a lot of different people along the way and help and and climbed that ladder with them and and it was a very symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. Um, which is a big deal. Um, and she ended up, you know, 38, 38 year career in that company. And when she retired, she was top 10 in the entire company. Um, uh, to the point where I had, I had, uh, uh, dinner at, at the Mary Kay's house, wow. um, when I was like 13 years old. That's so, incredible. Where was yeah. that? It was down in Dallas, Texas. And remember it like it was yesterday. Um, did you drive a pink Cadillac there? Or uh, we we or? flew, but I had been in a pink Cadillac since I was about three years old. And it was dad picked me up from football practice in middle school, but don't pick me up in that pink Cadillac. And what did dad show up in? The pink Cadillac. Good character development there. Um, but I'll remember it like it was yesterday. And this is a, this is a wonderful, wonderful, um, story of, of leadership, um, through Mary Kay's eyes. But I went down to, uh, Dallas and my mom was, you know, top, one of the tops in the company. And we were able to go to Mary Kay's house for, for, for a dinner. She had this big pool in her backyard and it had big old plate glass all the way across it. And all the dinner settings were on top of that plate glass. So we ate dinner floating on top of a pool that night, um, which was really cool. And then we were, I was touring her house and she had, like I was in her office slash library and Mary Kay took the time to sit with a 13 year old kid and have a conversation with me, um, which was, that was a big deal. I mean, she was leader of a multi-billion dollar company and like took the time to talk to a 13-year-old kid. But one of the biggest things that I remember is Mary Kay, um, every, one of the, every single one of these trips, my mom would bring home a handwritten letter from Mary Kay. She would think of me every time on these trips and she would write me a happy birthday letter. Thank you for sharing your mom with us. I know it's your birthday. It was on the hotel station area of wherever they were staying at. And she would slide that to my mom and say, make sure that Jake gets this. Wow. Like a leader of a multi-billion dollar company. That was a huge deal. That's incredible. Huge deal. Um, and probably the second person, um, stop me if I'm going too long, uh, was, was the guy that got me into high school coaching, um, Tom Pulford. Uh, like he taught me just, again, like get your people involved. Like as a leader, you don't have to have all the answers. Like you don't have to be the, the direction guy at all times. Like get your people involved in that, give them ownership of that. And like, they're going to help 
help you lead right even though like you're the leader leader like give them responsibilities and, and get their input um so i'm proud to say that in in the last eight years of coaching um we've been to the state title game five times we've won it three times i think that's a big deal um but before we got to that first title game um coach pulford pulled all the kids in and and said um what is it going to take for us to to get to the get to the motherland like what is it going to take for us to reach that goal of winning a state title and he let the kids figure it out and it came down to we need at least 85 percent of of all workouts to be attended like everybody needs 85 percent of all the workouts from from now until when we start the next season it was the end of the 2016 season and we're looking forward to the 2017 season and he said from now until the 2017 season starts, we need everybody in here, 80, 80% of all workouts. It was 80 or 85, I can't remember. Um, but those kids stuck to it. They made that up and said, it's going to take that. And then they stuck to it. Next year, we won a state title. So giving people ownership. What, what was the attendance rate prior to that? Do you know? Or... I couldn't tell you. I wasn't there very, but, very but long before that. you started counting it. Yeah. And people started showing up. Yeah. And then you guys want. So you do anything like that with your landscape employees? Uh, we do something a little uh, kind of like that. We, we call it an AB award. It's it's $50 a week. We do it for every single crew. Um, and AB come from, came from going above and beyond. Somebody's going above and beyond. Um, we have an AB box in our, in our warehouse that anybody could write a little. And we've got scrap paper next to it. And anybody can write a note and say, so-and-so was asked to do this, he ended up doing this, this, and this, and he did a really nice, fine job on it, and he went above and beyond what he was supposed to do and put it like in the box. So like, like every week, um, show up on a job site um, with $50 cash and make a big deal out of it. So-and-so did this this week, they went above and beyond, AB, add a boy, um, like goes on and on, and like hand them $50 cash to start out their weekend. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. We, so, we have the, do you know that we have a beef jerky club? I do know about your yeah. beef jerky so club. We, so we've got a beef jerky club, and every week we nominate people, and then every month there's a winner if you've been nominated the most, and you get to pick a prize on the bingo board. So we have a quarterly prize. We have sure. an annual prize. Um, Lou Divers, our, our web developer, um, won that annual prize. Oh, I'm so stoked. And then <laughs> we have one also. We celebrate who who nominates the most gotcha person we have a prize where we then donate to a nonprofit in their honor oh that's neat so so yeah. i think those weekly games yeah they're kind of games they are but they're rewarding i think i i really like them because well let's face it no one no one's gonna do everything for 50 bucks right but being acknowledged for it and then having a little system to acknowledge other people yeah. is is all of it yeah i um I in the last year I've gotten really focused on weekly, like honestly, just a daily habit. Yeah. And then a weekly habits, like so. I do have here really rocks. These are ninety day projects and annual goals. And yeah. I haven't anywhere, but I I've really found personally that when I focus on winning the day and winning the week, yeah, that that's what produces the result. Totally builds time. on one another. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you always do 
when you're selling that that you would manage if you were managing a salesperson that you would yeah. want to make sure that they would do? What are some of your like top sales behaviors? Oh, top sales behavior, too easy. Ask questions, shut up. It's too easy. Ask questions and shut up. And people will, people love to talk, right? They will tell you beyond what anything that you need to know, make sure you grab those gems out of what they're saying. So what, what I heard your pain was, and repeat that back to them. And like, it keeps that conversation going. Like nobody wants to know how many awards you've won. Nobody wants to know how many great Google reviews you have. Like they, they probably already know that cause they've already called you. Right. So like that part of the sale is over. Um, but it's just, it's asking open-ended questions and, and just being quiet after that and really listening to somebody, what they're saying and what their, what their pains are. The people only buy for two different reasons, right? Pain and pleasure. It's the only two reasons you buy things. And like, are they buying it? Are they redoing their landscape because they're having a big wedding coming up? Um, are they, do they have drainage problems and their basement keeps flooding? Do they have like, do they have a brand new home and their HOA is on their tail because they haven't got their landscaping? Like what, what is their pain? Where's their pleasure? What do they want? Like just listen and, and that'll come out to you. And, and then, you know, kind of associate with them after that and, and, you know, put a few little points to where you can, you can either fix their pain or provide their pleasure. Um, and after that, like the sale gets pretty easy. I agree. I, yeah. I agree. Shut up and listen yeah. is, is, is pretty good. <laughs> so I'm curious. So you've had your company for almost 25 years. Getting there, yeah. Where are you headed? What's your vision of yeah. Jake's Designs heading? So like where I'm at, um, still want to grow. Like I feel like we've milked as much revenue as we can out of each crew that we have. We run three crews. Um, and I think there's like a cap to a revenue that you could like, we run those guys hard. Like we treat them well, but we run hard. Um, so at the end of the day, I think, you know, adding, adding additional crews for additional revenue would, would be a goal. Um, always have plenty of work. Now we've worked with Ramblin Jackson as long as we have. Um, so, you know, adding those key pieces can continuing to develop leadership and, and guys that, that can handle the different positions. Um, always like to promote from within. Like I said, project manager started out lowest of the, of the rung and now like he's second in the company under me. Um, so at the end of the day, um, you know, want to continue to develop really good talent um, and, you know, make this thing sellable at the end of the day because I'm not going to do it forever. Um, I'm 48. I plan on retiring by the time I'm 60. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more like starting to investigate my 10 year exit plan right now. Um, and starting to get those things in order. So like continue to build it. And then at the end, end of the day, have something to sell and like live a really nice retirement. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on the show. For and, sure. Uh, sharing some of your stories about sales and leadership. Yeah. So for people listening who want to connect with you or yeah. check out your website, for how can we connect with you? Super easy. Uh, www.jakesdesigns.com. Make sure Jakes and Designs is plural there in the middle. Um, yeah, you can pretty much find anything you need to know about us. Um, and there's plenty of contacts. Um, like, I love sharing business. Um, um, 
business trades, business secrets with people who aren't in my region and aren't my competitors. So like if you're in Georgia and want to talk to a landscape guy in Colorado and, and maybe you're just starting out and maybe you want a few pointers, like love to have those conversations with people. Um, love, love, like, like I said, watch my mom um, take people around her as she was climbing the ladder to success and, and bring people climb. She lifted, climbed, lifted as she climbed. So um, like to do the same. Well, I, I want to comment on, on what you just said there because you are also one of the reasons why we became a green industry focused marketing company. Okay. I'm not kidding. All so, right. um, <laughs> we met because I spoke at the Pro Green Expo in Colorado. Yep. And um, that was because I was working with Constant Contact. They brought mm -hmm. me in to speak at that show. I used to work at a garden center right. in high school. I remember you telling me that. Was my, I didn't really think of it as the green industry. It was like a summer job, but I loved that job. I loved working there in the spring and summer. And I shared that story and I could talk with landscape professionals and talk with gardens and people. I got some clients at that show and then they referred me and um, your story helped me get some other clients. And then a few years into it, I was like feeling like, you know what? I really want to go for the landscape industry. Yeah. And my wife, we were at this apple orchard and she's like, why didn't you just do it? Yeah. You've been telling me this for years. And I um, was looking, I exported all of my clients from QuickBooks and I was looking for <laughs> patterns and things. But what you just said about like, hey, I'm happy to talk with other people. Yeah. That That's part of the spirit of the green industry. Yeah. It's really the culture of the green industry. And it's not that way in other industries. Yeah, I could see that. Um. And that was something that I, and that's what I love about running this podcast is getting to talk to people who are like sharing what's working and sure. putting themselves out there. So thank you for doing that. And uh, you were just part of, it's not like, oh, it's all Jake. Yeah. Say it's all Jake. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> people like you having, I have many clients who have that trait and it's what I enjoy about the, the industry. That's awesome. So thank you for being you yeah. and for uh, working with us. Well, thanks for everything you've done for me. You're, you're a big deal in my, in my business and probably not where I'm at without you, man. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for checking out today's interview. It was a real pleasure talking to Jake because I always learn so much from him. I think he's a really inspiring guy and I love working with people like Jake because the impact is so big. Jake coaches his football teams he has this team of people, and that feels rewarding to know that when we work with people like Jake, we're impacting many people. If you're looking for a marketing team that'll help you increase your impact, help you get more of your personal time, help you reach the right people, we'd love to send you our marketing toolbox. It's full of inspiring, inspiring stories. People like Jake are featured in it, and uh, we'll include some beef jerky too. So. Check it out, landscapersguide.com slash toolbox. My name is Jack Jostis. Thanks for, for watching or listening today. I look forward to talking with you next week on The Landscaper's Guide.